Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode 34 of Concussion Chats. My name is Taya. Concussion Chats is a podcast hosted by the Miguel Students for the Concussion Legacy Foundation with the help of Nick from Concussion Talk Podcast. We are dedicated to providing strength and hope to those recovering from concussions through sharing experiences. Today, I have a recording of our guest speaker, Elisa. Um, Elisa has been living with PCS for the past five years due to a wrong place, wrong time accident with a tennis ball. During the pandemic, she started blogging in hopes of encouraging and educating others with her story. Yeah, hi, I'm Elisa. My pronouns are she, her. Um, I wish I could say I had a concussion a long time ago and that it no longer affects my life, but I'm still very much on my PCS journey. And because of that, I struggle with word finding and stumbling over my words, which is an interesting problem to have when giving a speech. Um, And I suppose I could have written everything out ahead of time but I didn't like that. So here we are. Um, I want to talk to you today about how I went from a person who is suffering and miserable to a person who is suffering and content, even happy. Um, Also trigger warning, I will be talking about suicidal ideation. So if that's something that bothers you, please come back later. Um, A little bit of context about me. I'm 27 and I'm from San Diego. I, like Taya said, I've been living with PCS for five years. I volunteer 2.5 hours with refugee kids, helping them with school. And I'm so, so proud of that 2.5 hours. I wish it were more, um, but I'm super happy with it. And when I'm not volunteering, I am writing. And yeah, I blog to help encourage and educate other people with PCS or invisible illnesses. So if I were to describe my personality, I would use the Enneagram, if any of you are familiar with it. I resonate most with types one through three. So one being the perfectionist, the person who believes that there's a right way to do everything and strives to do that. Type two, the helper person who feels the most fulfilled when helping others and type three, the performer. So basically the success oriented person. So that's me. And that's who I was going into my concussion. 
After university, I decided to do an 11-month program where a group of 20-somethings would go to a country every month and partner with a different organization in each country. The first country that we went to was India, and I absolutely loved it. I didn't mind the things that other people minded, like living out of a backpack or no hot water or no Wi-Fi. Um, I just loved helping people and using the gifts that I was given to help others. Um, I would probably say that's the happiest that I've ever been. And three weeks into that, I got hit with a tennis ball in my right temple. I was eating with some friends and some people over off to the side were tossing it back and forth. And I wasn't expecting it and I got hit. I got whiplash. I don't really remember a lot of it, um, much to the chagrin of a lot of doctors, um, but it must have been thrown pretty hard is all I can say. Um, but I brushed it off, I think like anyone would at the time. Um, and then we switched countries. And then about a week later, I had my first migraine. I completely, I did not know what was happening to me. I thought maybe I was having an aneurysm or something. Um, so I went to the hospital there and luckily they did have one because we were in a bigger city. Um, and they diagnosed me with post-traumatic migraine and gave me some meds and kind of sent me on my way. I struggled for a month and I like hung on and I was just hoping that things would get better and I would be able to like get back out on the field and with everyone else. But uh, that's not the case. And I had to make the hard decision to return home to seek medical care. And that's probably the hardest decision I've ever made and probably the most heartbreaking one. I like saying goodbye to everyone and going on that plane. I knew that I wasn't coming back. Like I could feel it. And unfortunately I was right. I disappeared into the room that I grew up in. I moved back in with my parents. Um, so basically I lived in a dark room. I don't know how long I stayed in there because um, my memories are really fuzzy from that time. Um, at some point I did emerge from my room and it was like waking up from the matrix. Everything was too bright. Everything was overstimulating. I had lost a lot of muscle definition and mobility from being in bed for however long. And basically life was sleep, eat, repeat, like an infant. So that was 2017 and probably the hardest year and most painful year of my life. I tried every doctor, every therapy, every medical device, like my parents and I could think of, but I didn't have any change and I still marked every box on that post-concussion scale. And I was in so much physical pain just from like neck, back, head pain, and it was really hard to function. And at the same time I was going through an identity crisis. I was thinking, if I can't write, if I can't dance, if I can't move my head, what, what good am I? 
And going back to those personality types I mentioned earlier, if I can't perfect something I'm working on, if I can't help anyone, if I can't perform, what good am I to society? What value do I have? Um, truth is we all have value just by being on the earth. And that's something that I would have to take a while to learn and something that I still have to remind myself. Um, but by the next year, I was sick and tired of being sick and tired. And I hated that the best part of my day was when I got to go to sleep and have relief for that many hours. Um, all just to do it all over again. And one day I went in for trigger point injections, which was just the latest thing that I was trying. And I knew right away that they didn't work. I felt the areas where I was numb, but I also felt the pain almost like radiating out, trying to like push through the numbness. And I just cried and cried all that day. And I, I was done. I didn't have a plan to commit suicide because as a person, I've seen how that's affected my family in different ways and in my friends' lives. And I just wouldn't do that. But because of that, I felt so stuck. You know, I, I believe in heaven. So like given the choice between my pain filled life and heaven, like, yeah, duh. And I didn't have any, any hope of relief because nothing was helping and no one could say when all of this was over. So yeah, that's probably the lowest I've ever been, but I did tell my parents how I was feeling and they called my therapist who put me in something called an IOP, which in the States is an individualized outpatient program. And there they diagnosed me with major depressive and started me on medication. And this program, I went for six months, three times a week for three hours each, which was a lot for me at the time because um, I was barely leaving the house. Um, but there I began to heal from the grief and the trauma of leaving that program so early, the, the trauma of even having a concussion and having my life interrupted and the, the healing and the letting go of the person that I used to be. I think the hardest thing any of us have to do is really sit with ourselves and sit in our past pain and trauma and deal with it instead of running away. Um, that's basically what I did my whole life up until this point. Because if there was anything hard, I would just focus on something else or brush it aside instead of actually dealing with it. My biggest takeaways from those six months were three things. The first thing um, is called radical acceptance. And um, yeah, like Taya said before, um, I'm not a professional. So obviously if you want to look more into these things, please ask a professional because I'm just sharing my personal experience. So radical acceptance 
is just accepting your current situation. You don't have to like it, um, but it's an effort to stop fighting it and stop wishing it were different and just accepting it. Second thing is mindfulness, which is, I call it separating yourself from the past and the future in order to just focus on the present moment. Um, I gave myself a mantra that was, in this moment, I am okay. I am okay in this moment. And that's how I survived a lot of my pain-filled days, days where I was stuck in bed. Um, because one moment at, the, at a time was much easier to deal with than thinking about the future. And the last thing was just breaking out of my black and white thinking. Being a perfectionist, I was kind of an all or nothing person. And the idea that two seemingly opposing forces could be true at the same time was revolutionary. Um, I kind of just, I kind of use these examples when explaining it, that I, I can be a good daughter and a great um, like member of my family and not contribute to the household chores or cooking or in any like physical way that other people can see. Or I can be a great value to society and to the world at large without earning a paycheck. So those things before I would have thought that they don't go together, but life isn't black and white and we live in the gray. Um, so for the first time in two years, I felt like me again, which was saying something because previously I thought the only way I would feel like me was if I were able-bodied. Um, but I guess mental healing, um, in my case was more important than physical healing. I began to take comfort in things that had lost their comfort, like faith and spirituality, um, I started doing things I loved again, just in a different way and for less time, like watching TV, reading, dancing a little bit. Um, I came to the realization that I could deal with anything as long as I prioritize my mental health and my spiritual life first. <clears throat> so I'm about to make a bold statement here, but I'm okay with being a person with a disability or in chronic pain for the rest of my life. I hope that's not the case, but I know that if it is, I'll be okay. There are days when I struggle to get out of bed because I don't wanna face another day of my life. And that's when I'm focusing on everything bad in it and everything that I wish I could change, um, past, present, or future. But if I choose, just to exist in this present moment and be thankful for even the tiniest thing, like the way that my cat meows at me or the way that the sunlight hits at a certain hour, my life is easier. It's not easy, but it's easier. It sounds so simple, but I really think the difference between a suffering 
miserable person and a suffering happy person is perspective. Thank you. Today I have Emily, who is also part of McGill Students for Concussion Legs Foundation and Nick from Concussion Talk Podcast joining me. So um, what did you guys think of her share? Um, I know the group, uh, myself included, really um, enjoyed it. Uh, so what were your thoughts? Emily, you want to go ahead? You go ahead. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like you were thinking, all right? Um, no, I like her, her three takeaway points, kind of three takeaways, mm -hmm. kind of uh, kind of all linked together. I guess maybe in mindfulness is it separate, but the, uh, I, for, okay, well, I thought it was interesting she called it radicalist, or radicalist, that radical acceptance, which I would just call it acceptance. I don't know what the radical means, how to do anything, anything separate. It sounds better to have an adjective in front of that, but, uh, you know, it's just acceptance, but, uh, but yeah, the mindfulness and the uh, being a linger and thing, what, what the term was, it was uh, acceptance, mindfulness, was, and, and, and breaking out, breaking out of herself. Yeah, which is kind of exciting. It's kind of like acceptance, letting yourself be. Anywhere. Uh, no, no, no. It was about, no, no, no. It was about uh, breaking out of like the black and white thinking, like the yeah. perfectionism and stuff. Which um, it is just kind of like, it's kind of like acceptance that's in like that it's not that acceptance of reality, I guess, is kind of what I was going at there. But uh, I will allow, put the rest on Emily to say something because she's looking like she's not ready. <laughs> yeah, Nick, I totally agree. Like, um, it is kind of this like, if you're if you're accepting reality, then maybe you aren't in black or white thinking, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, so radical acceptance is a skill that is taught in dialectical behavioral therapy. Okay. Um, so yeah, that's where the radical comes from. Oh, okay, thank you. So yeah. Why is it radical? It's just acceptance. Yeah. So like radical acceptance, I think has been like the same idea is used across the board in a bunch of different things, right? But yeah. DBT, which is a type of therapy, um, it's a type of cognitive behavioral therapy. Uh, Dr. CBT, yeah. so DBT is what, what does that stand for? Dialectical behavioral therapy. And what um, is dialectical? Yeah, so it was generally, it was originally created for to help treat borderline personality disorder. But uh, since then, it's been used to, you know, treat things across the board from like bipolar. Um, it's very good for emotional regulation. Um, but a lot of therapists use different aspects of it and just like their standard treatment. So it's not really just for borderline personality anymore. But radical acceptance is one of the big things that is taught in DBT, um, as well as mindfulness. But you kind of need mindfulness to be aware of you know when you're radically yeah. accepting and then um it's so funny I just did a group in the psychiatric unit you know, on radical acceptance and then I think the day before I did one on black and white thinking yeah. um, so there are two things that are like mm -hmm. yeah and black or white thinking is also called all or nothing and that's yeah. just yeah. <laughs> but, um that concept of like you know if I don't do this perfectly, then I have failed. Yeah. 
to trying to right size it and be like, oh, well, can I just do it good enough? You know, mm-hmm. or how about I'm not going to fail if I don't do it perfectly, right? It's that, you know, one thing or the other and how do we kind of right size and balance and acceptance and mindfulness. Yeah, all of this kind of like goes hand in hand. I think one of the important things about radical acceptance, though, um, and I think like through her story, she was saying this, but just to kind of like verbalize it, is it doesn't, acceptance doesn't mean that you love something. No. Right? And it doesn't mean that you're like approving it, right? Like if a traumatic thing happens to us and somebody's like radically, yeah, right. it doesn't mean you have to love it. It doesn't mean you have to approve it. It's just saying you're accepting the facts as they are. Yeah. That's all. That's what it means. Um, and with that, like people, you know, when people aren't radically, like I struggled with it. If I don't radically accept that I do have exercise intolerance, right? I don't radically accept that that's a reality and I just keep trying to deny that reality. Then what happens is I keep going out and trying to run as if I don't have exercise intolerance. I don't want to belabor the point, but uh, what does, why is that radical? Not just accept. Wait, wait, can I, can I just jump in? Yeah, you, you do that. Cause wait, I, I just well, deeper. So first I just want to point out that DBT is most often used for um, borderline personality disorder or not borderline, sorry. Um, yeah, borderline personality disorder and suicidal ideation. And um, by the sounds of it, that's why she went, um, was for that. Those are like the two most common, like, like that's what it's used for. Like uh, last year in a class that I took, talked about that a bunch. Um, and that's kind of like what it was created for. Um, and also, uh, but the like black and white thinking and like the, like I'm always saying, like the right sizing it, um, just like how in her example, she was talking about how, like, you know, like she can be a good daughter and a great like family member and not contribute to household chores or like, um, be like, uh, physically helping. Um, and like, she can be a great value to society, um, and like the world without earning a paycheck sort of thing. Like um just like like the all or none thing like i'm really saying um but yeah i just want to say that thing about dbt first okay but you can answer next thing about acceptance why is it why is it called radical and not just acceptance yeah so i just i just googled that (laughs) i'm not really sure like where the root of it comes from um but it's, um, I, I think it radical just is meaning like, um, just, a, it makes you think, full, think that you're like a full acceptance, right? We're not just yeah. like partially accepting, we're radically I guess accepting, so. fully yeah. accepting, yeah, um, so. but it doesn't mean you have to be like happy about it. No, right? no, <laughs> no. Um, and it's oftentimes yeah. like, it's not like a, not a one-time thing right it's it's like you're accepting your current situation and you don't have to like it but like you're making an effort to stop fighting against it um like you're just accepting that like that's where you are in the moment kind of thing um and taking it as it is kind of you know um but the radical thing i don't know um let's look up the direct like where like meaning of um, um 
relating to or affecting the fundamental nature of something. Uh, advocating or based on a person who advocates against. Okay, so I don't, I don't know. Um, anyway, it's not, but, not, not, but, not, really, not really important. Yeah, not, not super important. Like, is important right? that you're just like putting your, like you're putting a lot of work into um, this like radical acceptance. Like it's not just like a half-ass acceptance. Like, yeah. like by like these definitions, it seems like it's like a really um like big effort is being put into it you're not half-assing it you're not just like kind of like sometimes like you're just like yeah. trying to go all in and like really yeah, like, I guess so. try yeah. and that's on the point I guess. um but uh i really also like i really liked how but before she started telling us her story she kind of went through like her um the three things that she related to most in like the Enneagram and um, how like perfectionist helper and performer were so big for her. And what, she, what do you have, she said in the thing that I picked up the Enneagram. Uh, yeah. And she said, that, what is that? I don't even know what it is. Um, it's a personality. I know an Enneagram is. I don't know an Enneagram. Is that the? Enneagram. Okay. Enneagram. And then, okay, but did but what's the what's the Enneagram? Like what did she just start listing off? She listed off the points and but what is it what is it Enneagram for what what's the what is the Enneagram? Perfectionist? The Enneagram is one of these personality test type things and it characterizes people into really Four? you kind of fall into nine different one of nine different okay. things. And so like number nine is like the peacekeeper, peacemaker. Number two is the helper. Um, and what's interesting about the Enneagram, it's really hard to guess people's Enneagram. Can you fit in, can you fit in, all, in the multiple or guess fit in this one? Um, usually people fall into one and then they have wings. So like two will wing with a three or a one. So they might have some aspects of three, some aspects of one. But people's Enneagrams can change over time. The whole concept of the Enneagram is like when you're, you have like your base state, which let's say it's a two, um, then when a two is feeling more healthy, they're going to move closer to the personality of an eight. And when they're like not necessarily doing what they need to do to take care of themselves, then they move closer to a four. Okay. But so it's, it's like this weird mathematical thing it's it's, a, it's really interesting though i yeah, just I, think I, the link nick you could i was gonna say uh, so I, but like emily said like the whole like the two has like the wing of like has wings of like one and three um that's exactly what um elisa was describing like the perfectionist um the helper and the performer um and uh yeah um yeah, I just, like I was saying, was just, um, I liked how she just kind of like quickly brought that up beforehand to give us like a little idea of what she was like before um, and who she was. Um, and also the the organization that she was involved in, that's a super cool. Yeah, I was gonna say that sounds pretty cool. That was cool. so cool. Um, where, do you know, where, where is she when she, I lost another video, but where is she when she went back to the States? Because she said she's in at the hospital, she left in the and I, she went somewhere else. I think she may have said it in the recording, but I don't remember. Um, 
but it was she'd gotten hit like three weeks in and then I think she went home after like like the end of like the second place that they were going I yeah think but, yeah but um, do you, know, you know where that was no no I, I don't remember um I think she mentioned it though but uh that's not a cool organization though um yeah definitely a super cool organization I yeah. should have asked what it was um but uh I think also just the way she was telling her story about like um how like when she got home like she just stayed in a dark room you know like people are always told to which is wrong um and then she like she doesn't even know how long she stayed for um but um she was talking about how like she lost a lot of muscle and like mobility and like um I think I think she's the first person to share that's kind of like talked about that which is super cool um because of like obviously and like of course that would happen if you know like you're staying um and you're just resting and not doing anything you're gonna lose um muscle and stuff and yeah uh, yeah I don't know I I thought that was cool that she mentioned that um and it's just another reason why doctors need to stop telling people to just sit in a dark room forever yeah yeah <laughs> I know, it's, it's, it's simple it's a simple thing to say and it feels like the safe thing is hey like what can go wrong but it's yeah detrimental i guess in the long run obviously yeah it is, but i mean like it could be yeah. just doing better just but uh so does she has she been a long time participant in the group she no that was the first time she came to our group um yeah, that was the first time she came to the group, uh, but everyone really enjoyed her share. Um, another thing that she'd said uh, that I really like, I don't know, I just, she was talking about um, going through like an identity crisis through the whole thing about how like she can't perform, like, like what value does she have to society? And just like the realization that like we all have value by like just being on like this earth like that like I was like damn like that's I don't know um that's definitely something that I've struggled with is just like being valuable um and the reminder that you know like we're all valuable no matter what yeah um it's good and it sounds like that program also just like really 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 helped her um and uh the something else she mentioned was just like the mental healing was like more important than physical hearing healing for her sorry um and uh that's super true like I've definitely kind of noticed the same thing for me is like once you're doing better mentally like the physical stuff isn't as horrible um like it's not so unmanageable almost yeah because you're mentally like like you're just in a better place like you can handle those things so much more um yeah like yeah it's not just there's physical not just one more thing on your plate it's just something you can kind of yeah can that it's gonna it'll pass likely i mean not everything obviously but i mean for example just a minimal thing like i mean i was got my second shot this week 
which is, is your thing of the second dose. And so I was sick on, on I got on Monday, so I was sick. sick. Felt, oh, I felt sick, I wasn't sick, sick, but I was still, didn't feel good on Tuesday. But I was like, I was okay with that, just knowing that it's gonna pass. It's not like it's not long term, it's as long as I can. And before me, and even though you think that you know that it's, I know, I know that's everything because you know, because you know that's just that you know the causes and all stuff. But when your your mind is mind is more capable more to, to understand like your whole situation, life in general, you know that everything is just. It sounds kind of harsh, but everything is everything is temporary. I mean, life is generally is temporary, so it's like it's a series of temporary events and all things. So it's like this is like. This sounds depressing. I mean, <laughs> but, you know, it's just like it's not going to last forever. And don't, don't, don't get hung up on. I mean, That's, it's definitely hard when you're in the thick of it to think of it like that. It's definitely not how, um, like, exactly. like you see it at all. Like I know when I was like really like at my lowest, like in the thick of everything. That like if you like anyone that said that to me is just like, fuck off. Like yeah. leave me alone. And like, you know, um, but I definitely think like the mental healing, um, is so important because like, then you have like the skills to cope with the things that are on your plate. Like you're able to like readjust the things like redistribute. Um, and you just have like, you have like your whole toolbox of like, um, coping mechanisms and like stuff like that. And you can just handle more, um, and that's not like forever and stuff like things like aren't forever and stuff but like it's definitely not how I saw it and like like when I was in like really into it but um yeah I think I think the mental stuff's super super important I think it can be I think that can become a tool though is that this is temporary this is just you know for today I just think it takes that's one of these tools that kind of takes a long time to build up but that's definitely there have been times in my life where yeah I couldn't see it like that at all I feel like majority of the time that I was struggling but currently it's easy for me when I'm in the not easy but when I'm yeah. in those moments that is a thought that's constant that comes up now that's like oh this is temporary yeah it really sucks but did it take years to be able to build that mindfulness and build that thought up exactly yeah but yeah. it's something that's extremely possible absolutely oh, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. and I think and I think it really depends who's saying it to you because I mean I was dismissed a lot so if someone's gonna tell me it's only temporary like it's blah 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 um and like it's not gonna last forever kind of thing like get over it kind of vibes obviously I'm gonna be pissed off um but I think as you heal as you're like mentally healing, you can definitely like get to that spot where like, it's only temporary, like this isn't going to last forever sort of thing. Um, because now that I am doing better, I definitely am able to see that a lot more easily. Like it's not easy by any means, but it's more, um, like it's, it's easier to like, understand um no I think I could like it's not that I couldn't comprehend I think no, comprehend just absorb sound. it yeah absorb absorbing um no I think it's more just like believe like that because I mean I 
um, like there was one point where like I was diagnosed with like major depressive disorder. So like, of course I'm like, I mean, I can comprehend the words you're saying, but I don't believe you. That's what, that's what it was. It was like the believing it. And even if like, I did tell myself that it's like, you're lying. Like, that's not true. You know? So I think as like, you get better mentally, you can definitely, um, use that as a tool. And it definitely is a tool that's really helpful. Um, I also just, uh, I mean, the whole group really appreciated just how we were able to talk about suicidal ideation and um, kind of not normalize like having suicidal ideation, just like talking about it and um, what? Your audio went, but now it's back, I think. Nadine, um, what was I saying? <laughs> suicidal ideation. The group was happy. Oh, um, suicidal ideation. Um, yeah, everyone really appreciated that. Like during the discussion, we all kind of brought up um, suicidal ideation and just how uh, it was nice to hear her talk about it. Um, and uh, also just how by talking about it, it's also like, you normalize it but not normalize that like you have those feelings but just that like um a lot of other people have it too and like you're not alone in feeling that way kind of thing and um it was definitely a really good productive discussion um and her share uh was really great everyone really really enjoyed it cool uh any emily's gone so um all right she's back yeah, okay. I really enjoyed it. It was a really good talk. Yeah, I can relate to it a lot. Yeah. Um, so thank you to Nick for helping us do the podcast. And thanks again to um, Lisa um, for joining us and sharing with the group. Uh, we'll have a new podcast posted Monday morning. Upcoming podcasts can be found on concussiontalk.com, Spotify, YouTube, and Apple Podcasts. You can find more information about our group on concussionmtl.com. Our free peer-to-peer support group is open to everyone, and we hold four weekly meetings on Zoom. Uh, Thanks for listening. Head Check Health bridges gaps in concussion care through simple, powerful technology. Join organizations like the Canadian Football League, Trek Factory Racing, the Canadian Junior Hockey League, Eastern Washington University and Volleyball Canada who rely on HeadCheck to improve communication and optimize care. Visit headcheckhealth.com for more. The music at the beginning of this podcast is by Ben Sound. www.bensound.com Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. 
Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.